0: Price show <laughs> wrapping up the end of 2018. Dr. Price.
1: I know I, I'm I'm loving the end of 2018. She is. I said, where's the chief? Look at it. the chief is moving in. We got yes. the we got the prophets. We got first of all, the prophet Ashley looks so radiant. You all are going to love her wonderful, very springtime outfit in December. Yes. So, mm-hmm. do you feel springtime-ish? I do. You know the,
0: Every day's a good
1: day for bright colors. Oh well, you know, I like bright colors. Today I passed up the bright Colors memo. It did come through.
0: Yes, but you're in your money color. Yeah. Yes. Well, you
1: know, I could do with that. I could do with that. We're gonna have an interesting show today. Of course, last week you had a taste of all of us. This week you'll get a second taste of all of us. And we're talking about an issue that I think is near and dear to the church. And and I I, I think that as we go forward discussing this issue, hallelujah. You know, I'm just really glad that God made you an apostle. It's just been working for you. It has. Yes. It has been, don't yes. you say it? Yeah, yes. it's working. It's all radiant, mind all energized. Anybody in the body wants to say no. Yeah, I know. The body says no, and the brain says, ah, let's yeah. go. Because my brain says, let's go. Let's go now. Let's go. So we have a wonderful time. We're coming up on the, the holiday season, Christmas. We call His name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because, you know, sometimes we don't want to mention his name. Okay. Can you imagine somebody throwing your birthday party and not putting your name out there at all? See your card and say, X, you. Happy birthday, X, best. That's just not going to get it. So we're we're doing it. But we're in a season where God is in a take-back frame of mind. Amen. And when God is in a take-back frame of mind, It is not going to stop. I'm telling you guys, I don't care what it looks like. All you see is the the setting of the sun, the dusk, because the dawn of the new has
2: just taken over.
1: So I'm excited. But I want to talk about something before we get into our subject, which you will love. You will love our subject. Before we get into our subject, I want to talk about this. Come on.
0: I have coffee coming. Coffee.
1: You're not you not changing. I'm not okay. So I got coffee. Get your coffee now. Come on, get your coffee cup. So I want to talk about um the whole issue we've had about whether or not you can put a nativity scene up. So I want to help all of you all who have an issue, you know, whether or not we can do nativity. My attitude is this. And I think that if Christians started thinking instead of panicking, we all probably just move this thing a little faster. Yeah. If I got to look at Western Peace headstones, tombstones of uh, uh, skeleton bones, and all co- what is it—the the, the ghosts, the ghouls, the vampires—I oh, yeah. got to look at the the um what do you call those things—the spiders and the tarantulas and the scorpions. If I got to do that for your holiday, then you gonna let me look at some Jesus. How about it? And I think you all should write your city officials and say either everybody gets to do it or nobody gets to do it. Because I don't understand how they can do that and you gonna cry about a nativity and say a baby in a manger is what you gonna get upset about and we got to look at your whole yard looking like I just went through hell. Mm-hmm. See, sometimes we don't, fight, we don't fight the right fight. So you're like, well, you just mad at my Jesus. I don't care whether you like my Jesus. or not everybody's going to do it. Either everybody's going to be able to decorate their lawn or nobody's going to decorate their lawn. Mm-hmm. And, we, and you cannot tell us what we can put out there. How are you going to tell me that i got to change the, the, the images and the symbols of my faith, and y'all who believe in Satan get to put all that trash out there? Half the Christians put that trash out there. You knuckle under the nativity thing. You know me, help me, pray for me. Um, You knuckle on the nativity scene, and then you turn around and and go for broke on Halloween. Do you understand that this is crazy? I'll tell you what I decree and declare in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord, and the church ain't going nowhere. We are on our way back. I'm going to tell you that I'll speak it to the heavens, I'll speak it to the earth, and I'll speak it to hell. We are on our way back. And I'm telling you why we're on our way back. Because we woke up. You know, y'all shouldn't have poked the bear. You shouldn't have pulled that lion claw. See, the lion of Judah is ready to come on back now. So you should have just kept your little wind and went off in the corner and said, let's celebrate. But instead, you engaged the lion. Mm -hmm. See, y'all been running all over that land, but the lion is about to come more. And I'm telling you, you all stop that. When they tell you they can't do it, then you need to get an ordinance that nobody can do. If this is a city ordinance, nobody can do it. That means we don't want the little kids running up and down in little costumes, tricking and treating, because we can't do it. We can't do what we do. You can't do it. you do. If we can't sing carols, towers. your kids ought not to be tricking and treating.
0: I well, a this uh, argument, just from a, um, a generic standpoint, we wanted to take, you know, uh, religion and spirituality out of it, which is what they're prone to do any time they approach any of these subject matters. Right? It is a symbol of the holiday itself. The reason why they can put rest in peace and they put pumpkins out and they do all of that is whether they believe in Satan, don't believe in Satan, agree with the holiday, uh, you know, agree with you know uh, the, the 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 spirituality part of it or not. It is a, a classic symbol of the holiday itself. Ghouls, skeletons. All of that are classic symbols of the holiday itself, yep. whether you believe, whether what you believe, whether, you know, your faith is, you talked about Christians doing it too. So it doesn't matter what your faith is or not. It is a symbol of the holiday itself. And I feel like the same thing with the nativity scene for eons now, it has become a part of the symbol of the Christmas holiday itself, along with some other people we're trying we try to, you know, not have to share with, okay, when we think about Santa Claus and reindeer and all of this. So, to me, I think that it's a classic argument. This is, we're not talking about just the Christian faith. We're talking about if we're not going to allow people to enjoy holiday symbols, okay, then that needs to be across the board. Well, nobody's nobody's and Nobody's holiday. That means the Easter bunny. That means Cupid. So, every holiday, we're not allowed to use any holiday symbols because that's really what the
1: argument, to me, mm-hmm. comes down to. Well, that's what I figured it was. I'm like, so... You can go, my, your kids can go to school dressed up like bulls and whatnot for that holiday, but for Halloween, but we can't do it. And we, we cannot do it. And if and we are going to do it, symbol. you know, and I just want to talk to Christians about Kris Kringle. Well, I'm an apostle. It's and that's a, to, to open their eyes, yes. to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God. A lot of your lives are wrecked because you have this idolatrous worship of icons and so god has always cut up with idolatry always when i say always, can i say always always number one i am the lord your god and you shall have no other god before me well that's under the law when well, no, no, no no that is the first thing adam in the day that you eat thereof because you heeded the voice of your wife that's genesis we didn't get a law in genesis law in genesis was i'm god that's the law. Yeah. I'm gone, and don't mess with me. Okay, so I want to talk to you all about that. I talk every year about it because I think that sometimes you you need to rethink Chris Kringle. First of all, Christmas is not for you, so stop thinking it. It's for the retailers. It's for the retailers. That's why they started. They, they right now we got to the point that we can't come out of one holiday before we back it. We moving into another. We coughing our way out of out of uh, uh, October thirty first, and then next thing you know, we're falling right on up until Turkey Day, where we haven't even cut turkey, and we got Black Friday for Christmas. You understand that's a retail celebration, which means you're, that's a bought and paid for worship. They are the ritual. The retailers are setting the ritual. And now the whole month of, July, of October is
0: actually all of them. You're going into the stores now: Christmas trees, Halloween decor,
1: Thanksgiving. Y'all need to push back on retail ritualism because this is not about your, your, your faith. It's not about what you like. It's not about what you do. As a matter of fact, if they love you so much, why do they have you standing outside in the cold? That's not love. That's hostility. They got you standing outside in the cold for a sale that's going to extend for three weeks. And you buy it. Herd mentality. All of this thing is testing your hurtling. How do you hurt? You, are you a, a reliable herder? These holidays are not for you. And I think it's crazy that retailers took our celebrations, took our holidays, holidays, redefined them, and then changed our deities.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because Santa Claus is not a god. Santa Claus is not a god. Santa Claus is an old, fat image. He was a wonderful little old Christian guy that wanted to help the people and couldn't afford to celebrate Christ's birthday. And so next thing you know, he is upstaging Jesus Christ. And you all are walking around acting like Christmas is about Santa Claus. Little fat guy. Now, you know, y'all don't like fat folk. Y'all y'all done beat folk down for being overweight. We can't be three inches overweight, but we can devote a whole retail empire to this little ro- roly-poly thing. Now, I know some of y'all are going to get upset, and I like that. I want you to get good and mad. I don't want you to go to do your homework. Look it up. Before you start that, and those of you all who are telling those lies to your children, Christian parents lying to their children.
0: Not only Christian parents, but I just watched a video with an actual pastor who kicked off his sermon with the night before Christmas and did a whole analogy about
1: why Santa Claus gives gifts. And tell me, now listen to this. This is a pastor, because see, this thing couldn't run in the church without the pastor. I told you, we are right now in trouble and perverted because of pastoral permission. People who have not studied the word of God, people who have left the Bible and walked into something else and took this man's church. I'm telling you, if your pastor is doing that, I'm telling you, he took his church. You are not in the church for Jesus. Because Jesus said, I'm a jealous God. God said, I'll have no other God before me. And you got Christians celebrating this little roly-poly guy and some reindeer. (laughs) Okay, okay, I'm just done. But I was. Ooh. Oh, okay. But no, let me tell you, I, we we I recently talked with some people. I just had to do it with my kids. When I got saved and realized, first of all, when I was 12, and my mother my mother told me, you know, 12 is like the magic number when you can tell them that's just not. That's just not for us. So you lied to me for 12 years. <laughs> and what bothered me is that I lived in the hood. I lived in the ghetto, so I kept wondering how that boy was coming. Oh, first of all, I wanted to know if he was gonna get past the, the gangs and the crowd to get to me. Oh. Cause see, Santa Claus would have been mud by the time he got my left. We wouldn't money. <laughs> <laughs> He'd have been mud because everybody would have told us stuff, stole the stuff. So that's the first thing. Second thing, I live in a six family tenement without a um chimney. Yes. So then I'm upset. So I was uh, like 11 years old trying to make this, this pipe stove that we have. The chimney, but well, maybe he's coming down here, but if he does, won't he get burnt? Like the kid never said, well, doesn't he get burnt? The fire earth is gone, your, uh, your lawn is burning. Won't he get charged? Why are he never charge? But that's also to display that idea of deity. That's it. And then he's everywhere at once. Oh, no, he's not, he's not omniscient. We ain't got like 192 nations worth of Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. So, don't even no, that's small. Here, yeah, there you go. So well, let me tell you this, and I will say this to you parents, if you, if you discipline or chasing your child for lying 364 days out of the year, how do you justify you lying to them one day out of a year and doing so for 12, 13 years? Just one day out of the year. I know it's more than that, but I'm talking you know, about I'm the talking. idea. This man is not God and y'all need to stop selling him as God. The retailers are making it because of your deception. They're deceiving you, and you're buying into it. You're standing in line to, do their, to, to make their money, to line their pockets. You're buying gifts from people you don't like with money you don't have. And debts, you're going to take a year to pay. And by the time you pay the debt off, it's time again to start it all over again. This is a, they talking about with their merchandising Christian, nobody merchandising Christian but the buyer. The retailer can offer a thousand things, but as long as you don't go and buy it, they don't make a dime. They have to now do something with that ridiculous inventory. You are buying into it. And I want to talk to you about, about another piece of this. Uh, December 25th, whatever it is that we know Jesus wasn't born there, but he, we know he was there. How many times have we said, I'm going to celebrate my birthday when I get back home? Okay. I'm going to celebrate my birthday. My birthday doesn't fall on Thursday every year. As a matter of fact, the genuine birthday got to go six rounds or seven years. But guess what? We still want to be celebrated and recognize that we came. This man came and he changed the world. And so... The church, for whatever reasons, the people that made the decision decided this is a good day, and it's not December 25th, they've got different time zones. So you know it's not always the same day. But I will say this to you, it is not a sex holiday either. And you're you're allowing retailers to make Christmas a fertility holiday. It, it's, it's, so everything is about fertility. We got Halloween is about sexing it up. I think at Thanksgiving, we can't figure out what that is unless you thank somebody after the fact. Okay, we just eat. All right. So we have that. And then you get to Christmas, and it's all about getting engaged, and it's about kissing over mental toe, and it's about having this. That's a retail con. It's a con. And you all need to stop it. Christians need to stop it. There are enough of us to, to, to boycott the way they do Christmas to bankrupt this thing if we wanted to but to allow them to literally retail, ritualize their their retail profits. So at the end of you don't even get a good Christmas gift because you're going to get a piece of bread. They're going to get billions of dollars worth of it. Like that's the reason. Christmas is not about somebody getting engaged. It's not about some cute little mistletoe. It's not about some little red-nosed reindeer. It's not about any of those things because those are all naturists. And Christianity, as I said before, is the only religion that didn't spring up from the earth. Every other one there. So when you, when you celebrate all of those religions, you've got to go nature. And the pagans know it. Look at it. You've got people saying that. That's why we say Christmas, celebrating Christmas is not a bad. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? These people haven't celebrated Christmas in a long time. They've been celebrating the pagan virgin or the return to the pagan holiday. Because let me tell you something. Just because somebody commits a crime on your birthday doesn't make your existence any less valid. So I was going to have a big birthday party, and then I, I watched the news, and I saw that they had a crime for a stand. What are you going to say? Praise God. I'm sorry, Lord. Please help me be pleasant. Bring my cake. And where's my gift? <laughs> See, a lot of stupid you all assigned to Christ that you wouldn't even tolerate in your own life. You're never going to cancel your wedding because somebody had a, 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 a three-car pileup or a ten-car car pileup. You're just going to hope none of your guests are there. That's the final thought. Isn't that the truth? <laughs> yes. So, so because evil happens on Jesus's day, he can't be celebrated. And because somebody used to used to celebrate with a tree, you're now celebrating with the cross. There's something wrong with that, or a manger. See, we have got to, you know, that's why I like being an apostle of God, because, you know, I'm going to sit because, see, real apostles are going uh, we carry the sword of the Lord, and we're going to separate joint and marrow, and we're going to separate soul and spirit, and we're going to separate uh, the thought and intent of the heart. That's the whole way it goes, from Deuteronomy, where it says the lips of a, uh, the priest to uh, help you discern between good and evil, between that which is holy and unharmed. That's our job. Our job is to tell you when Satan's trying to creep in, but we also need to let you know when God took over. And the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. But I want you to know you should not be lying to your children and then teaching your children another God. You're literally telling your Christian kid yep. that, that Jesus has a partner called Santa Claus who can only show up once a year. with give you bought, So they think in an idol for which you work for all year long. I'm my kids, no, no. Jesus, and they blessed you with and what God blessed you with. Yes. Yeah. I was like, so you're going to give an idol, a, a, you're going to give this this image and these reindeer praises for what you yourself broke your neck over time, whatever, to, to give your kids. I told my kids, no. And I said, and when I didn't know any better, and I apologized, I repented, I said, I'm sorry. Maybe no, you never told us. Well, maybe I was too. You were too little. I was too young. Your sisters, well, I about to say, you
0: were like I, <laughs> I was told very young. Because remember,
1: I told the neighbor's kid. And they got she mad. She came over so, to my house. And let me say, those people who want to come and take you <laughs> on, so my one came to me. Well, first of all, she should have known what kind of neighbor she had, because you shouldn't have come to my house. So she came to my house. My kid is upset. Aww. I said, why? Said, because Paula told the kid that there's no Santa, because I said, is there? Well, no, but, no, is there? Because if you're going to come and take me out, you better be true. <laughs> I said, so just because you want to lie to your kid doesn't mean I want to lie to mine. I'm not raising a liar. She said, well, I, I, I did not, I was playing, I, you know, people didn't turn to my house a lot of that. But, mm-hmm. but I say this to you to say, when they come and want to take you out, ask them to prove that it is. Because, see, we can prove there that a Jesus came. And you know why? Because you're mentioning his name. Because he's multiplied. You're talking about having your kids do homage, or homage, if you will, to a, an idol, a man that was elevated to idols. Now, you know, the church back then made everything an idol. Yeah, and all the saints became idols. And all the idols became saints. So, when well, they did it. I don't mean, think that's why. it was. Uh, you know, we think we don't know that. But it's our job. Acts 26.18. To open their eyes. Stop telling your children a lie. And when when, they, when their mamas and their papas want to come, tell them to bring us proof. You got to have a, a million Santa Claus out throughout the store retail to bring your kid to sit on the Santa Claus lap to get a picture
2: mm-hmm.
1: of a lie. So that they have a whole album of lies. We got movies right now, movies you can't mention Jesus. Only two or three of them may sing Silent Night. They'll sing Silent Night, and then all the other words go.
2: That's right.
1: And you know why they can do it? Because you keep buying it. Remember, hell rains off your dollar, Mm -hmm. it is your dollar. That is doing is it. you turning into those tuning into those Hallmark movies with all of these people letting you know that it's a fertility holiday. You didn't put that together. Gene. You thought it was just love dating and mating, didn't you? No, it's going back to the fertility God that Jesus dethroned to sit in this place. You got. We have a with the little light show we have over here in town, uh-huh. people. Everybody got to go over there and walk there. Now, this Christian organization, but they all gone over there to find a pet and whatnot to get married because it's a fertility, the lights represent a fertility accident. Yeah, well, I think they took him out. So I'm telling you, the church sold Jesus out. And the church was under pastors. So pastors cost this man his, his kingdom, his church, his body, his place, his stature. That's a pastoral move. That's the truth. Somebody got to say it. Now, I don't say all pastors because I met some powerful ones who, like Green, bring that devil up in here. Like the guy that put the, the cross dresser out. Can I celebrate him? Remember the guy that the guy came to dress and drag? I celebrate you, sir. And I issue forth an edict that you will always be strengthening God in your strength. And I command every devil that's trying to rise up against you to stand down in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We are, we, we, Honey, we're pushing back, and we're not letting you overrun us. We're not going to let you kick our God out. We're not going to let you treat our Savior like you say. He's our king. You might not like him. You don't want to worship him. That's fine. But you're not, we're, not, we, we're still going to be his guardians, and we're going to be his cover. What, what is it that made the cherub fall? Because he was once the anointed cherub that covered. He right. ceased to cover his God. And look at what we have today. And Ooh. look at that. Our pastor ceased to cover our God. And look at what we got today.
2: Mm.
1: I had a little talk with you. I see. <laughs> <laughs> we had a little chat. We yeah. wanted to address a few things. But well, we had already planned this before yesterday. He had already yeah. told us. So you have to think. That's good. Our job is to cover our God. Yes. And to keep that which is entrusted to us for him until that day. Yes. Paul understood it. He said, Until that day. What day? The day you die and someone takes over, the day you fall and God replaces you, or the day the church leaves you Pick one. That's the day action. Are they strong with me?
2: I'm
1: like, Are you kidding me? I'm telling you, you've lied to your children for 12, 13 years and That's beat right. them behind for lying to you three hundred and sixty-four other days. That's it. They're on punishment. They can't go out. That's a lie. We don't lie in this house. Are you, are you kidding me? The little red guy is a yearly lie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have we have a lot to fix. Mm-hmm. And you got pastors sitting there with candy canes, reindeer. Rain you had somebody ask me about the tree. Well, I mean, how about the Christmas tree? Are you kidding? I got palm trees in my house. I got, uh, don't I? I have all kinds of trees in my house. Little, hanging this and hanging that. It's just another tree. And I put lights on those too.
0: She, she likes
1: everything up and down. Yes, I do. I like it. Between me and the papa, that's a love life. And so she was conflicted. We were at dinner, and she was conflicted because the guy turned the light down in the restaurant. He said, do you mind? I was like, that's my house. You know she needs light. She was like, "All oh, conflicted like, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. She, and then she said, you know, I don't like of light. Like you know that. Yes, she has
0: several lamps. Okay.
1: And so, but I'm saying, you know, we're not talking about sitting down and worshiping. You're talking about having your kids sit on the, these idols' laps mm-hmm. to get pictures, to be immortalized, their worship of another deity, their worship of another faith. And you don't care that it's an idol and, before Jesus. But yet, you can't take your kids to a manger show. Oh, no, because I can't do that because that's religious. Oh, for Santa, Santa Claus being irreligious is better. <laughs> Because the church feels like being irreligious is better. Mm-hmm. Irreligious means profane. Look it up. You're, you're, you're irreligious, so look at what you chose.
0: But that also means that if I'm irreligious, people
1: won't, you know, persecute me. That's what that really means. No, but Jesus, will. he said, if you deny me. Say that. You don't keep saying it because that's mm-hmm. his word of the hour. Jesus' hour, the word of the hour today they he told me this. Yes. His word of the hour today is, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father, and here it is, lean in, come on, lean in, and the holy Angel, which means he's going to tell the angels to ignore you, Yes. which is why you're not getting the help. You deny him in public, he will, literally, he will reassign your angels in private. Mm. So you sitting there, you spend all your life, 20 years of your life denying God because you're a celebrity, and now you got cancer. But now, Lord, you said, do you know? And not only you not only denied him as a celebrity, but you denied you denied him and taught your fans to renounce Jesus Christ. Ooh. And you think God is going to say, "Hey, happy times"? You got to be kidding! Ooh. Let me tell you something. Uh-huh. And sometimes He'll bring you back just time enough to repent, and then you out. out. See, my I, I have a series that I'm, I'm, I'm incubating here. Oh, okay, percolating. Okay, called. How to think like Jesus. See, because a lot of you've been thinking for Jesus. Uh, but what would happen if we thought like Jesus? When we took literally, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Now here it is. Listen in. Who thought it was not thought it not robbery to be equal with God? What? Hold on, hit that Yay! Okay, <laughs> yes. I was with. ready. I want to say this. Why do you think Paul thought it important to put that last piece in there? Who set aside or laid aside his divine privileges? Or, and we like, well, whatever, sovereignty. He set aside sovereignty for your salvation. He's a good man. Mm-hmm. But why did he say, thought it not robbery to be equal with God when he had been downgraded, made a little lower than the angels? Mm-hmm. So I have a whole series I'm going to talk about. I'm going to go with my, it'll be an, uh, an extension of my Jesus classes, how to think like Jesus. Because you can't arrive at his conclusions if you don't understand this thought path. Not just his thoughts, his thought past. How did he get to making the decision to set aside his sovereignty for your salvation? What mind was that? We like to say we have the mind of Christ. We don't want to set aside an afternoon lunch. I'm sorry. I got to eat, you know, my blood. I got my heartbeat, my diabetes, my blood. I got, mm <laughs> How to think like Jesus of Nazareth Jesus the Messiah let that's the passage he gives me my, my people will take my church I, I quote it all the time let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who thought it not robbery did not consider he was robbing God's glory, robbing God's attention, robbing God's fame, robbing God's reputation. He didn't think that was robbery. He thought it was not robbery to be equal with God. Because why? He was born of God's sperm, And privileges of duty and privileges of office Mm. had nothing to do with his equality with God. My daughter came from my body. I got two daughters who came from my body who are not sitting here, are not in ministry like this or whatever, and you know what? They're still my kids. And they still get genetic privileges.
0: I was about to make a note of that. <coughs> because no one ever talks about that when it comes, when we think about what we should be seeing or what should be evidenced by the new creation uh, and that these genetic privileges should be showing up in our new creation self and that that's literally what ties you to this thing. And you have to begin to separate and short that because of the invasion of now spirituality, the mm-hmm. contamination of the word or perversion of the word faith. So now we have to literally begin to identify this mystery of godliness that really makes the
1: Christian a Christian. And not just the privileges, responsibilities, Absolutely. duties, obligations, and accountability. See, there is a, 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 a collection a set, or I would say a subset of official obligations to God that children have. My children have an obligation to me as their mom. Now, I know a lot of parents raise their children. I don't know, but I don't want them to feel obligated to me yet, because like now you're 32, but when you get 75, you're going to be sorry that you gave that little message, because at 75, you're going to sit in the nursing home and nobody's coming. At 75, they're going to treat you like garbage and can't find your next of kin. At, at 75, see, I look at the future. Present parenting is for future adulting. Mm. Mm-hmm. They said a lot of you all, because you got all of that kind of um, European, Middle Eastern, whatever that's that I don't even know where it comes from, where I don't care how my kids should not be obligated to, you. no, and they're not going to be obligated to anything. And when they get their family, they're not going to be obligated to tell you that you have a grandchild because you told them their life is their own and they owe you nothing. They don't have to be obligated to bring home the husband. They don't have to be obligated to recognize you as a grandma. Why? Because you set a pattern. See, patterns and paths have destinations that start out as destiny. And you rob your children's destiny of caring for you when you get in your old age. They're not going to care about who's, who's changing your diaper when you're 90. Because you told them. See, because you're big and bad right now. But see, the body doesn't care about your ego. Your body will embarrass your ego all day long. (laughs) Your body does not care. Sickness does not care about your ego. Deterioration, And so when you become decrepit, and we all do, you know, time and chance happen to us all. When it comes that way, your kids are going to take that arrogance that you inseminated in them and use it as an escape and as an excuse to treat you poorly. Because the first place a child knows how to handle society is in the society called home, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in the community called family. Mm -hmm. And however you train them in that community is what society will be living with or altering when they leave you. Mm -hmm. You know that's right. Mm -hmm. So some of you all, you went to college and got those stupid little pagan, demon, you know, Middle Eastern kind of, Things. Well, they they, they no, I'll watch the show. 12 year old kid. Well, she's got a good mind. How do you know you haven't tried it? That mind hasn't been tried through anything for school, and it's not getting age, or it's not making friends. 14, well, she knows how to make a, she's got a good head on her shoulder. How do you know? Did you test that head? You haven't tested your child's head, right. and if your test only consume, uh, only consists of grades and friends. And t- there you go. You don't have a good uh, sampling of what your child can do. Now, we we, we have shows. I'm going to say that. I'm going to get back to why we're here today, uh, the second reason. But we have shows, literal shows, that will tell you it's okay for you to let your child hang out here and do this. 13, 14, 15, so Who do you think is saying that? The predators. The predators are writing those scripts. Because anybody with good sense would say, my 15-year-old is not going to My 16-year-old is not doing that. I don't care. Well, I don't care. I got a life. Yeah, and I'm buying it right now. I'm buying your life right now. And when you get 18, I'm going to give you your own debt and your own bills, and you can go on and do what you want to do. But as long as you're here, I am not going to have something that I'm charged with protecting, decomposing, and deteriorating. I'm not doing it. So my kids got really, uh, no, you're not, uh uh-uh. People are going to talk about about you anyhow. Tell me, trust me. People want to talk about you if you do good. They're going to talk about you if you do bad. But I found out they talk about you worse if you do bad. I never wanted them to feel like that's why my kids, they can't do herd now. Because I never raised them to fit the herd. Never. Their job was to learn who they were and to be the best of them they could be. So we never had that. No, my friends, my mama. I don't care about your friends, mama. You, you, if, listen, do they want to take you in? Because if they don't want to take you in, I don't care. Because I took seriously the fact that I brought lives into the world and not experienced it. I didn't bring a life into the world. A life she just—I I didn't bump up on lives, lives of the future, lives that I was supposed to mold to fit a future that had not existed. Everything you're doing with your children today is for a future that has not happened yet. So you are actually speculating and hoping it turns out well. For that God and God's getting ready to shift the future. I don't care what you took your classes. I don't care how many buildings you have. I don't care how much tech you got. God just shifted the future and what you think is going to happen in the future will not happen, which is why you need prophets and apostles in your life. God told, before he did what he was going to do with Israel, he kept saying, I called the end from the beginning. The former things are no more. Behold, I do a new thing. Everybody said, oh, that's nice poetry. Yay, yay. Next thing you know, Nebuchadnezzar at the door. The new thing is at the door. And so you have got to get to a point where you recognize as Christians. I have nothing to do with the other because I know what our job is. I know who we are in this whole thing, this thing. So you've got to get to the point that you stop raising your children for Satan's now and start discovering God's future.
2: Mm.
1: So you're raising them for humanity's future, which is bleak. Yeah. But God's future is kind of, God's kind of bright and cheery to me. I'm
2: bright yes. and cheery.
1: We're in the hard reset. So I, know, I told my girls all the time, I said, Let me tell you, these friends that you've given your life for right now will not be here. Now, she's the only one that kept a few. She just won't let me know she keeps them. But I said, This day, you know, high school passes away, college passes away, crazy passes away. You, by the time your, your child gets in the future, you'll, you'll turn them over to a dating scene where they are corrupt. Mm-hmm. You'll turn them over to a mating scene where they are infected. you turn them over to a consciousness that God has already changed. Because change is invisible before it's obvious. And only the discerning can recognize the invisible shifting of the codes of life that will alter the obvious. You know, we've used the word reality, but God calls it the obvious or the apparent or manifest. So the obvious differences that we thought were going to be, let's look at us right now. We got a president, boy, they so mad with this guy. All right? Man, I've praying for Trump all the time. You know why? Because he's like Jesus. I don't care about all that other stuff. But Jesus is running the planet. So he just need an officer. That's all. But I pray for him all the time. Yes, I do. All of them. I pray for them nonstop. And you know what? And I, and I face off with it, too. And you know why? Because I'm on Jesus' side. And Jesus said, if I am lifted up, even Christians are not on. Y'all don't want Jesus to win because you want your politics to run. But he said, "But if I am lifted up, I will draw all men unto me." He said, "I'm going to draw everything unto me." Mm-hmm. So he's inhaling people right now. He having glass. <laughs> <And Jesus, laughs> Asia, right? This is Australia. Wonderful. Ooh, oh, America, yeah. yeah uh-huh. He's sucking it up because that's what he's doing, and that's the heart reset. Is that God has sent in a whole new. Body, literally host of spiritual beings. That are that's the unvi, that's the unvi, invisible side of the chain. you the See, the Bible says God was in Christ. Man, I tell her, "Say, come on, girl, get on oh. the <laughs> i know. you was, he was well, Yeah, I was. I was. I had to be the cross. <laughs> but he said, "But God was in Christ." Reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing its to. So here we got this guy supposedly born from this carpenter and this woman who has a stigma on her life in that era. And yet God said, as he walked and talked, I was reconciled. Everybody he talked to wow. became part of my reconciliation Process. Mm-hmm. I was proceduralizing the reconciliation of humanity to his God. Mm-hmm. God was in Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now the unseen was that who knew what that meant? I mean, this is this brash young guy talking about this is all in, y'all all wrong. That he's talking all kinds of stuff. So did Jilin? He, Jesus wasn't stupid. He, he literally said what would getting him on the cross. Yeah. He spoke the word. He's like, I can count on humanity to be crazy because I've been watching y'all for eons, and you all usually respond to this this way y'all kill your truth. uh, So I can count on the fact that if I keep agitating you enough, you're going to kill some truth. Is that right? Mm -hmm. So God inseminated Mary with the truth he knew was guaranteed to go to hell. Invisibility. In hell, we, all When enough of a man reconciling himself, but he's in hell and God is still reconciling. Hallelujah. I'm going to get everybody from Adam, Abraham. I'm getting them out. If they died in faith in me, they're coming out. From Abraham to Moses, they're coming out. That's the faith. And Moses, hallelujah, all the way down to Christ. That's faith in his governance, his law. So, God, Jesus is in hell, soul in hell, and he is dumping all that sin that God put on him. And when he's totally depleted of human sin that he did not deserve, when he's totally depleted, the Holy Ghost breaks through from heaven. And for the first time in a long time, uh, for the first and only time, hell gets flooded with the light of his living. And the thing, and God is blaring through. And what is he bringing? He's bringing Jesus' soul and all of those sovereignties and all of that divine divinity and that spirit that he committed to his father. He's bringing it to Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, and he's dumping it into that depleted, defeated soul. And, boy, he is born again.
0: I want to ask <laughs> okay. You can ask them. Well, because I know that that has been a statement that people have tried to understand. And we've gotten questions about before in terms of the how, why, why would Jesus need to be born again if he came as God, born of the Father Spirit, obviously we know, um, Mary's soul. So why would he need to be born again? And what soul was actually dumped in hell? So that's what my my thinking was, because that's been asked before, like, well, then why would he? Because he came perfect. So that, mm-hmm. Because we only believe that, okay, that Vortigate experience is because of just the things that we've done,
1: mm-hmm. um, uh, missing some time.
0: Yes, exactly, not
1: the same condition. Well, the soul that he took to hell was the soul he got from Mary. Mm-hmm. The soul that he left in heaven was the soul that belonged to the Godhead. Oh, is that part of Okay, I'm sorry. One more question.
0: Is that part of the divine purpose being set aside? Exactly.
1: Okay. Because that soul couldn't be killed. Mm. So he had to get a soul that Come could
0: on, die. Dr. Christ, huh? you don't want to ask about eight more, but I'm just to this next <laughs> oh, no, go You got time. Yeah, to go to that. yeah, okay, that's good,
1: though. So the soul that Jesus had is the soul of the Godhead, the the the, you know, the, the Adamic soul that God gave Adam. Um, um, spirit that God gave Adam. Mm-hmm. That is what Jesus, Mary was impregnated with. Ooh. Yes. Ooh,
2: ooh, ooh, ooh.
0: That's why he's
1: the last Adam. Come that's on. why
0: he's the last Adam. Mm-hmm.
1: So, go. so that soul. Uh, <laughs> <little bread. Jesus. laughs> go, go. 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 go remember Jesus is coming from the world that made this one the world that is impervious to everything and he's coming to a world that is dead see we, we, we we're living on the breath of God not the spirit of life oh. <sighs> said if he should if he should pull his spirit and brought, and breathe in. We don't. Yeah, yeah. So we're living on natural life because Adam traded mm-hmm. down to natural life from eternal life. So Adam was made immortal, but he was never made eternal. Because eternal life was in Jesus Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, that's why we're the one. See, I don't have a... They, no, I know why we're the one. Mm. So Adam... I know why we're the one. So God... Gives Jesus what what Adam started out with, which is why the test was fixed. Yes. Oh, 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 that's right. Then he merges, so then and, and so he inseminates Mary's egg, and Mary brings the doom mm-hmm. because all flesh is as uh, grass. So Mary guarantees the doom that will make sure Jesus dies because Jesus has been coming back and forth a and lot of times. Ain't nobody killed him. Mm-hmm. But he had to take on what God cursed was reserved, dirt. And when he took on the dirt that became his human form, he, he, was, he became killable. So now, even Jesus was lower than the angels, but he was also lower than Adam because Adam was not killable until he took in the killer. So otherwise, Adam still be around, and they be having. We wouldn't have to have to be born again because we would've been right. And so Jesus comes, and he's got his goal. His destination is to get all of those who died in faith in Him out of hell legitimately. But in order to do so, he's got to number one get there that he can't gain access because you go to hell by being dead. Every the other thing is just an illusion. We'll talk about that another time. So he goes there. <laughs> I just want to go. <laughs> <laughs> right. go, like. go. So he goes there, and when he gets in hell, he goes all the okay. way back to Noah. The promise he made to Noah, those eight souls that believed him when the sons of God reproduce with the daughters of men. So he goes, he gets them. They come out. That's wonderful. Yay! No more now. Hallelujah. Then he goes, because out of that thing, that whole generation, he only got eight people. Eight. So he goes on, and he moves over to the side of hell that's like, oh, paradise. That's that whole Valhalla thing that they talk about. The side of hell is like paradise. You know, like when they had their okay. I'm going to leave it alone because I know this is <laughs> the I'm not. Okay. I'm, 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 see, I'm trying to get focused. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so he goes over to Abraham's bosom, mm-hmm. and in Abraham's bosom, he gets everybody who just died because they believe he's God. They, uh, Those are the Jobites. I know my redeemer list. I know that when I am done, when he gets through with me, I'm going to be pure gold. So by the time they get over there, Jesus has got to change them, they become gold because the spirit is gold. Mm. The soul is silver. So they get all the way up. So he's got all the and He's got from Abraham all the way up to Moses. And then there's another compartment in Abraham called Moses' law. He goes and he's got to get them out. Because nothing can go to eternity because it can't make the trip. It physiologically, biologically, chemically, neurology, psycho cannot break the bounds of or the barrier from that gets us through this world or breaches this world's but to get into God. And I'm not just talking about Earth, I'm talking about the universe that they all in love with. That whole thing is dead. That's why they're crazy out there. So he goes, and Jesus gets all of them, but he does nothing until he's born again. Because remember, he's got to get out of hell. You don't get out of hell unless you're born again, unless you're sinless. That's why when the Bible says, but it's imputed to man wants to die, and then the judgment. The judgment is not just condemnation. The judgment is you deserve a trip out. You deserve your new body. You deserve God to put your... Take that corruptible and replace it with incorruptible. Take that mortal, mm-hmm. put it, replace it with mm-hmm. immortality. See, we don't preach this gospel. This gospel comes from an apostle. This was the apostle's doctrine. Oh, I got to hit a... Oh, <sighs> a We're Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. The are we? There huh. we so... So Jesus, when when he's going out, he's got David, he's got the prophet, oh my God, he's got all of the Old Testament prophets, because see, New Testament got prophets too. That's why, that's that batch we're talking about in Revelation. But, so he's got all of these people who believed in him, and he's got Abraham, the father of it all. Everybody who was ever under the law, Elijah not there, why? Because he didn't die. Moses not there, why? Because God didn't bury him. Come on, somebody. I'm just mm-hmm. lost in the same. Horrible prayer. Sugar part, Jesus. So he, I mean, he, Enoch, because Enoch was taken. Yes. So we got three people of the qualified ones for God's eternal life not there. We see Jesus getting ready to go home, and who shows up? Moses and Elijah. And you know why? Because they're the only two that met all criteria for eternal life. Without going to hell. But they were born with Adam's soul. Thank you.
0: Oh, that is
1: so. Yes, that is actually one of my best students. Just in case you all didn't know.
0: Yes. Okay. Well, because I never thought about that. Because well, are they
1: the, the the Hebrews twelve spirits of just men made perfect? Is that who they are? Well, well, by the time Hebrews comes, all of those people that's and they use men as people, but all of them because remember they got out of hell with Jesus. But that's what they were praying. Uh, that's what they were to? Yeah. The out of hell, crew. The out of hell crew. Okay. And because remember Matthew twenty-seven about all of the people that just who 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 were just headed to hell and God catches them so they get up out their graves and go visit their neighbors so that the neighbors can say, "My uncle so and so came." said Jesus is real. My auntie, Well, they had to prove the resurrection. They had to prove the resurrection. Otherwise, mm-hmm. how would you? So this mm-hmm. man. Well, uh, well, Because God will, no, see, God can stand your test of proof, but you can't stand his verdict. See, God can stand his witness. There are three to bear witness on earth, three to bear witness in heaven. So we have, we're we're moving in that. So Jesus, now, he's, he's born again in hell. He said, I will rescue you from the waterless grave. So, Can you imagine heaven is tearing up the universe? Whatever it was, it will never be again because the Holy Ghost is killing everything on the way down to earth to bring Jesus' spiritual family into the planet so that it can join its soul and receive eternal life. Because without the Holy Ghost, you can't be born again. But the Holy Ghost gives you a new spirit, gives you a new heart, and then installs God's spirit in you. So Satan's take back campaign doesn't have to rob you. Like you can go back, but he can't ever take you back. I don't know about you, but they're like <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> because I'm kind of thinking, come so on,
1: what Jesus
0: so. Uh, the Jesus' um sorry spiritual lineage and genetic privilege as you spoke about earlier did not upgrade the adamic soul he got from Mary while he was walking the planet no never the twain shall meet no okay so how did he do the signs and wonders and never did he move from different parts of himself how did that happen
1: Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus from Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and the power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil.
0: Okay, so the way it works
1: with us today. Thank you.
0: Okay, the manifestation That's of the Holy Son Spirit. Of side.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. The Son of God's side is the sacrificial lamb.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, which is why he had to be born from, from above, above. Other so God. that mm-hmm. we, would, we would not
1: be able to be reconciled. And that his spirit would be sinless. See, understand.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, okay.
1: Understand the spirit when mm-hmm. Jesus come on Jesus. Oh my god, I'm trying to get off the subject and I can't go anywhere. Hold okay, on. Right to this, to this. Yeah. So when Jesus, remember the Bible said that we were in Christ before the foundation of the world. We were in Christ. Like your sperm is in your father and your eggs are in the mama. We were in Christ. But we were in Christ as spiritual seed. So, in order for us to be redeemed, oh, hey, oh, I gotta hit something. Hold on, she said, said just all yeah, the witness. There you go. All
0: right.
1: then. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. There you go. See, understand when Jesus laid aside his divine privileges, he also kept us in heaven spiritually. That's how the Holy Ghost had us. So, we did not come to earth as just doomed spirits. Because remember, God gave Jesus the spirit of Adam. And Adam had already sold us out spiritually. But fortunately, we were not in Adam spiritually. Our souls were. The breath of life. That's why when God said, man became a living soul, he's making a big statement. So, When God, when the Holy Ghost comes to earth, he's bringing all that was Jesus before incarnation with him. And he's dumping all of that in this man's depleted soul. Because all the sin is gone. There was nothing, you know, all the goodness is gone. That's why your your earthly goodness doesn't mean a thing to God without the equipment to prove to God it was good. There has to be evidence in your soul. Because God is a God of justice, judiciousness, and evidence. That's what So Jesus, the Holy Ghost, comes. And remember, on the cross, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. His spirit leaves him. and said Jesus gave up the ghost because the body without the spirit is dead. He wanted to make sure his spirit went to the right place. So he spoke, Father, my spirit is coming to you. Because remember, there was Jew where Satan was coming after. Because God wanted to do that. Come on, somebody. Let everybody know this is the Christmas story. And you, you replaced it with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh, more, laughs> it is to you. It is the same one of you. So Jesus <laughs> is saying, My spirit is going back to the Godhead, back to the throne of creation. My soul is going to hell, and my body's going to lay in this tomb. And before rigor mortis can set in, I'll be back in it to upgrade it. So he renews everything. He renews the soul with the soul that he had. He renews the body with the body that he had, which is God. So he's now, did, see, this whole kind of Greco-Roman Br- God thing, Jesus did that. He did, fight us, not by belief system. And not by naturality. He deified us by reproduction. We are regenerated. And he created a new generation mm-hmm. by winning. We are that generation that Bible is talking about. We are that who will declare his generation? Us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why when people say, you know, when I start talking about, no one talking about salvation, people get ready to go sleep.
0: I don't know in that going
1: no, but you haven't heard salvation. <laughs> no, you haven't heard salvation. <laughs> oh, you
0: start talking about soul and spirit uh-huh. going to hell, spirits going to heaven. Been, see, now and they're, they're interrated right. with mm-hmm. joy. No, so, when well, we say salvation and we think prayer. Yes. That's right, prayer. that's true.
1: And repentance of offered. Do we repent? Yes. No? Mm, it depends on the church. It depends on the church. Oh. So I just want you to know, see, one of the things, authority comes from being the author.
0: Yes.
1: So I have authority to teach my books as the author. Everybody else teaches it as a reader.
0: Indeed. It's
1: the truth. So Jesus said, they said of Jesus, but he teaches right. as one with authority. He What they mean is he teaches like the author. Mm-hmm. He's the author and finisher of our faith, recorded by people who were faithful to him. So as we wow. as we realize it, so now we have Pentecost. Now, meanwhile, this reconciliation thing that we started talking about, because everybody thinks they're talking about reconciliation, they don't know. But this reconciliation thing <laughs> is saying it's <laughs> still working. Why? Because he rises from the dead. He appears to the 11. He goes and takes the 11 into that last class, and that last class with him has to do with the reconciliation. Heaven has just reconciled earth in the person of Jesus Christ who's full of New creation sees, thus, the repopulation of the planet with the Godhead. What Adam was supposed to do and mm-hmm. failed miserably at doing. Mm-hmm. As John
0: says, wow,
1: wow, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so you, because of your, the reason that the church is lost is because these people have not heard the gospel. And he said, but this gospel, not a gospel, people have come up with all kinds of gospel. but this is a gospel. No, no, we didn't say a gospel. This gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, you have to know why you're saved and what makes your salvation the most potent thing that ever happened in the world. Devils tremble every time one of y'all get born again. They laugh when you just say the sinner's prayer and go out to sin. But baby, when they see that Holy Ghost step inside you, whoops. so you don't see it. He said, but the Spirit goes where it will.'" And we do not know. We, are, we we're only hear the sound of it. Honey, when that Holy Ghost stepped inside you and that old spirit, how does he know you got saved? Because the Holy Ghost kicked out the spirit that you inherited from Adam and replaces it with the spirit of the new creation in Jesus Christ. And it's different eras because Jesus is, is God. See, we say, well, yeah, we just want to... No, no, no. Jesus is everywhere. If this man showed up the way he really is, we'd be surrounded by nothing but Jesus right now. And devil's bowing and buffing the shoe. <laughs> because that's how powerful and how comprehensive this plan was. And God took the millennia that it required to get it done. Right. So now we have a population of folks with the Holy Ghost on the inside, mm-hmm. literally psychologically outfitted with the gods of this world. That was not supposed to be. What was supposed to happen was that your new creation spirit would be constantly energized and upgraded by the Holy Ghost on the inside, and that upgrade would be recoding your soul. But there's a a variant there, and it's a variant that we don't like to talk about, but there is being unto him according to his will. So what you want, you want it to be a hybrid. So we got hybrid Christians. And so... When you see all of that hyphenation, those are statements of hybridism. So when you see a, a, a Christian Muslim, that's a hybrid of either one. Neither God's getting the whole thing. Because mm-hmm. you belong to when you belong to two equally, you belong to none. Because mm-hmm. one's going to have to give in, or they both going to have to kill you. So we've got all of this hybridism because you got saved, and you were told by the modern teachers that all you had to do was save that prayer. Or you got saved, God came in, something happened, you didn't like, you took on other gods, which is what natural Israel did in the temple all the time. They always brought other gods into God's temple because they got mad with him. He didn't help them win a war. Oh, you out. Okay, but now my enemy is certain. Oh, come on back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, now see, we wanted to we wanted to be the head of this. Okay, we are out again. Look at you. Now you're in. Okay. Now we're gonna marry you to the this and the that. And so, if you read the Old Testament and stop reading it as something that is irrelevant and start looking at all of God's issues with His temple, you'll know His issues with you. Oh, what? Can I drink a little something? I think you should. I'm gonna sip myself a little something.
0: Oh. Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm. So, now, do you understand? Reconciliation? That's what reconciliation means. Reconciliation is a more powerful word than we imagine. Mm-hmm. because it's more than just bringing peace. It's also both sides mm-hmm. committing to participating in, proceduralizing and then producing a peace or an accord that makes them get along. And stop hating, or at least stop. And God has stopped hating, but to stop hating each other so much that you want to annihilate each other. The recon- reconciliation prevents annihilation. Because nations, nations were annihilated all the time. Right. So we got a lot of nations that are in our textbook. They don't exist today. Right. So if you, if, if, if a stronger power says, in order to to exercise the, the Fullness of my grace, the fullness of my mercy, the fullness of my compassion, my empathy. Jesus, Jesus literally took back to heaven God's compassion and empathy on humanity. He took that back to heaven because heaven had justice and heaven had peace. But he said, "But grace and peace. God's grace and peace, not with the not with the world, but with the species." Yeah. I'm just, uh, I don't know what happened. Me and Jesus, we just, I don't know. You know, I love this man. He just wants somebody to listen and share his story. We want to be a witness, but we don't want to have the wit. Hmm. See, we have a lot of messes without the wit. Well, wit is knowledge, right? Yeah. Okay. Knowledge, know-how, experience. But, see, we have wit-less messengers because they don't have the wit. And so we need to take you from being witness to witness.
0: Yes. Someone <laughs> said I can't work and listen. <laughs> Not to say that. the word of the day is hashtag replay <laughs> because this is so I want you all. Where's the other prophet? Don't you? I think the other prophet is on her way? Okay. Yes. I need the other prophet. Uh-huh. I, gotta, I feel her presence standing I now. I
1: feel your presence here. All right, we're gonna make room for the other prophet. We gotta make room for the other prophet. We, we, listen, guys, we're gonna get a bigger set. We're working on it mm-hmm. because it's just too good for yes. all of us. Yes. I just love it. Come on, prophet. Well,
2: Can down you do it? Come and yeah. get. she said. Come you know, I'm glad that I
0: was,
1: I was you, know, to just, you know, listen in. I don't because This one's good. We have, um, but you know what? People need to know this works. Mm-hmm. I have three young women who've been with me since before they got out of college. We have grown into what you see today. I've developed them. They yield uh-huh. it. They submit We thought. It wonderful.
0: <laughs> you know, uh-huh. wonderful, <laughs> ultimately <laughs> submitted <laughs>
1: I never moved off my points, never moved off my standards. They could move in, but I wasn't moving out. Yes.
0: And now, so, nobody
1: believed that. <laughs> they did their assignments. They paid their dues. They suffered under the hand of God. And let me tell you something. You don't get promoted until you have written, survived the hand of God. Because you got to survive it. Because that thing lay on you like, suck the life out of you. It's a heavy <laughs> hand. It's a heavy hand. But And so today, I get excited, as a mom would be, because I get to showcase the finished product, And they get to let me know that this doesn't die with me. Amen. Amen. See, that's the big pieces. And not only do they get to let me know that this doesn't die with me, but they also let me know what I'm leaving behind for God to work with. Some of you leaders and mentors, you mentor for yourself, and you mentor for the present. You don't mentor for the future. So you don't care what these people do as long as they honor you, Mm. as long as they serve you, Mm. as long as they carry your bag and take care of your stuff and do your errands. And you don't imagine what you are leaving behind for God to work with, a bunch of bag-toters, a bunch of errand
2: runners.
1: <laughs> I like you got your degree in bad <laughs> shoulder. That's what I'm thinking. You know, people who are handling your personal affairs, but what about God's public issues? Mentorship is always about public service, public issues. What's going to happen through you to the public? And so if you can't replicate something that God can use, then you're just enslaving folks yeah. because God needs people who can replicate because we're going to die. We're going to retire. We're going to get old, sick, die. But God has to handle what I'm doing right now. Right now, I can say, God, this is my offering. Now, Dr. Price, I don't know if that's biblical. Romans 15:16 says it. It says that the offering of the Gentiles may be sanctified. See, you mm-hmm. all are giving God unsanctified offerings, so he's going to have unsanctified battles when you're gone. Wow. People are not going to get it, you know? Mm-hmm. They won't get it. So when I, And I teach them this. I say, I don't care how much people like you. If you can't bear fruit after your own kind, you'll fail. Yeah. And if God can't do anything with your fruit, you, you're, you're, you're almost like never been there. You you might as well have just not obeyed God if he can't do anything with your fruit. So we've got a church that has been under the hand of something for how long? Mm -hmm. And what has he got to do with the fruit? Slaughter some, puree some others, make a little juice, you know? Make a a little juice, break it down, replant the seed. Mm -hmm. See, there's a lot that God's got to do with your fruit. But one thing he can't do is... Profit from it. Yeah. and I told God, I'm not doing that to you. I said when He gave me this one scripture, Paul says here that I should be uh, that I should be a minister of the Jesus of, of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. How many people don't even have the Holy Ghost? And that was in- Romans fifteen sixteen. Paul understood very clearly what his call was. And you, I got 47 mentees. I got 50,000 mentees. God ain't got this. People trying to, they trying to be rappers. They trying to be rap artists. They trying to be singers. They're trying to be dancers, celebrities. They're trying to be anything but saved. That's the offering of the Gentiles that's out there today. I'm telling you this because I want you to think differently. I want you to say, wait a minute, I never knew that God has to do something. Every one of us has an offering. This is, this is just a piece of the cash, C A C H E, cash of vessels that I'm bringing to the Lord. But I told God, I, I'm not going to give you anything because if they're going to treat me bad, I know they're going to treat you like trash. What is the truth? If they're going to treat me like I'm nobody, then you know. If God can't get a, a saved person, you're talking about we're offering people who are afraid of the gospel, who don't want to use Jesus' name, who don't want to go to church, mm-hmm. people who don't want to sing praises, and if they sing praises, they want to take his name out of it. Yes, we're right. offering him tatted up people. Yes. We're offering him pierced up people. We're offering him sleazy women. We're offering him, the, the, you know, immodesty. We're offering him vulgarity, addictions, afflictions. This is the offering of the Gentiles. Because somebody needs to say, we've got to work on this offering. Because some of these people are worse as an offering than they were as a penitent. Can I say this? Yes. I just want to tell you. I mm -mm. I just, and I wanted to go to this because I knew I was right, but I didn't want to jump on it and not share it. If you look up the word for minister, Mm -hmm. public minister. It means it's the word liturgos, which is the word for apostle. That word is only applied to apostle and Jesus Christ. And it's the word liturgos. Now, I'm sure it fits other categories. I'm not going to have a problem, but I want you to know it's not the word Diacon. See, it's not diaconate, it's not diaconos. This is the word for a, a minister called to the kingdom, called to outside the temple to gather. Purge, clean, sanctify so that it is validated and clean enough, sanctified for the temple. And the temple is God's body. So this word is liturgos. Now, you might know it from liturgy because when the church took over, kings were not going to have a minister that was going to be hired in the royals. The royals, they, there's a whole lot of things because they Amen. certainly weren't going to do it. But let's just say before the royals. Because if you, and it goes with, I'll show it to you again in another passage. but well, it says liturgos, Strong um, 3011. So write it down so you can research it. And it means a public minister, a servant of the state. Mm-hmm. See, my apostles uh, were trained that way because I knew that we were not just going to be documented in the church, but we had to be liturgos. In the world, a public minister, a servant of the state, a minister, a servants, a a servant, so of military Mm labor. Military labor. Mm -hmm. That's That's, that's good. Now listen to this one 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 busied with holy things, a priest. Mm -hmm. But are you ready for the good one? Mm -hmm. The servant of a king. That's why apostles represent not just the kingdom, the kingship of Jesus Christ and the throne of, a thought, of creation. We are that close. Now, so when you look at liturgo, and there are other words around it, this is a class. You're getting a free class, so you better get online and enroll in Christ University once you get work. Some people are the web address. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love my people. Come on. Yeah. I have They're okay. on it. My team's amazing. Yeah. So now I want to go to where this shows up again. Because it only shows up, I think, three times. Hebrews 8, 2. Jesus, high priest of a better covenant, mm-hmm. is the heading they use in his Bible. And it says, Hebrews 8, 1. Now, of the things which we have spoken, uh, this is the sum, of basically the sum of it. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Don't we like reading that? Yes. And then eight Hebrews 8, 2, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. Minister, liturgos. Mm. Not an assistant of the, the church. And so it's saying Jesus, this is the out, outer work of Jesus Christ. This is that field work. This is the world work. Right. So in the world, he is the liturgos of the sanctuary, meaning the place, the sacred places of God. For us, it would be churches, and the tabernacle, which is us. Mm-hmm. Ah. See, we have so knocked ah. you guys off. Because we, we, we what we did is we picked up titles and we replicated what you'd already been hearing, which you were already frustrated with. You already frustrated or confused. Like, mm-mm. so you don't know how Jesus can pull it off. You don't know how he can do what he does. But it says here, this man, you know, and I appreciate it. And, and there is so much. If you just look at the Strong's, it just kind of lays out a few more things. But it talks about, How the two came, and it said, a public, listen to this, a public servant, this is strong, that is a functionary, research the word functionary, in the temple or gospel or generally a worshiper of God or benefactor of man, a minister. Now, that's strong. From that, what I just read to you from Thayer is how he condensed it. So I don't have a confusion about why I'm an apostle and what I'm supposed to do as an apostle. I don't have I don't have the confusion about my station. I'm not confused. I'm not confused about the powers that are invested in me, the authority. I'm very clear, vividly clear, and I know why I am not what I am starting to redress or resolve for God. I know that. I understand every one of my titles and I know them intimately. I know them not only that, I know them c- consciously, conceptually, and behaviorally. I behave the way I behave because it, it fits my title, which comes from the office. Right. Yeah. So I'm clear. I don't have an identity crisis. They keep trying to find one and me, and they keep trying to tell me, I, try, but I don't have one. I spent 30 years learning this office, learning this man's mind, and I couldn't get it until I understood his institution. And God has an institution. I can't even tell you how many tables I sat around where they said, oh, no, the church is, no, we don't do this. We're not trying to be institutional. No, yeah, you're trying to be destitutional because that's where people are right now. <laughs> <laughs> They're destitute of God. They're destitute of holiness. They're, They're destitute that's of that's righteousness. That's they not. are destitute right now. Oh, yeah." That's the real' destitute you know, the they want to know that God can't find him. He's so ticked Ooh. off, he won't talk to them. I mean yeah. having yeah. we have intentions right now, there's yeah. a lot of heaven yeah. to earth god the father and God the Son to God the children, God the offspring, and so we have a whole lot of tensions. there's a great work to be done, which is why we I've just given you a synopsis of the heart reset Jesus. <laughs> They need me more right now. Coming soon. Coming soon. At a Sunday school no, class near yeah, right. Sunday. <laughs> so the reason, and I think I brought, I brought back around to what we discussed. So now we want, I want to introduce, we've we got time. Yeah, we've got time. I want to talk to you about why um, I have Chief Prophet here with us today. We have um, a great conversation. Many of you all know we have a come-home program, you know, come home to Jesus Christ. And it's, it's actually the acronym is Congregation of the Mighty Embassy. So come home to the Congregation of the Mighty Embassy of Jesus Christ. We're an ecclesial embassy. So I'm not trying to tell you anything else. we are, because the true church was ecclesial embassy. You know, God sent it to earth as an embassy. Hebrews 12 says that. So the true church, so we're ours, is, and, and, and because it was made, the embassy is made up of a body before it's made up of bricks and mortar we're the ecclesial industry. So I want you to get that so what we all what we're talking about. So we have been discussing, we have had people come home, dozens and dozens of people have come home. We have some that have lined up and they want to come home. Some of them want to come very badly but their spouses won't join them. You know? And so that's the the, the course of the discussion right now is the difference between marriage marriage um, laws and marriage rules and protocols and ministry. Unfortunately, under the pastoral umbrella, most of most people and most organizations have married ministry to matrimony. So, so if you if your husband's called to be a pastor, so are you. No, you're not. You hate pastors, Don't like people. You know you don't really you don't even want to go to church then make you be the first lady you don't want to be the first lady you don't want to be the first gentleman you just want to be a Christian in the pew. why can't you do that because of false doctrine there is no scripture and apostles are always going to bring you back to scripture true apostles are going to bring you back to the word of the king because that's who we represent and we have to keep the throne in the realm of the king According to what the king has instituted, constituted, and is governing, you don't want to do that. I, I just want to be a Christian. It's a shame that they took that privilege away from you of just being a Christian in the church. You don't. Have, you don't. I don't want to take on dinners and I don't want to take on meetings and the old boys. I don't want to do any of that. I just. I'm, I'm willing to shut up and let you do it, but I don't want to. So that's scenario one. Scenario two is. If you're you're called, then your spouse is called. How many of you all got? We got millions of dollars in books out there on that errand thing, and nobody looked at the scripture because there's nothing in the scripture that says that. We've got Priscilla and Aquila, the only example. Now, other examples we have, are just love the Lord. We've got uh, Moses and Zephora. That girl was like, I ain't doing ministry.
2: What?
1: I'm telling you, I'm not a man. And you made me cut up my boys. They got all sitting up in a, in a hotel all bloody and carrying off. No, I'm not. <laughs> <them>. <laughs> oh, yes, bloody, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, right. I'm, you I'm sitting there looking at you <laughs> dying because I won't <laughs> cut up my boys. No, I'm going. Zephora took her kids and left. Yes. Yeah. All right. So how's that? How's that her, uh, his, and her ministry? We keep doing it. We got Deborah, her husband. We play it all the time. Laffy Dope. What do we know about Laffy Dope? His name. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we got Halden's husband. He was a wardrobe. All we know is that he was the fashion and designer for the a priesthood and the prophets. That's all we know. We don't know anything else. Uh huh. Yeah, Taylor designer. That's what he did. And he couture. Menager, 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 a priesthood couture. couture. Uh-huh. Hey, you know, somebody gonna do that environment. couture. Go, uh-huh. no, a priesthood couture. And so that was his job, and that's all we know. Now, obviously, he was. It was a high level position. So, because if you're gonna dress high level people, you're going to stand out a little different than the little tailor on the corner gonna yes. pants. And so, yes. we, So we have that, and we can look on down the line. About the, the Twelve Apostles, what is it? they they had to leave their family. Why? Because of the call to the service of the king. because the office call. And so what I'm doing, because I'm going to turn it over to Chief in a moment, so what I'm doing is just laying the foundation. So we have women who want to come home, and husbands are saying no. Now I'm going to tell you a couple of things about that, so you need to understand it. It is very hard. It will be very hard for an unenlightened man to understand why somebody wants to come into a holy sector. That's number one. Number two, men are not known in mass for helping Jesus win. It was the women of substance that bankrolled Jesus. Now, I'm sure he has some guys, but clearly more women of substance bankrolled him because they made the book. And when you make the book, you, you, you've made it more So, they, I mean, it's the women. Paul had to go get Lydia. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't have it, but trust me, the problems that he was having, those were over in the Corinthian church. It was male-dominated, and he had all kinds of problems. No money, no money people were whatever, sit on the women, lock down the this and carrying on. But that's not Jesus' issue. You know, when people say to me, yeah, but, you know, y'all got a lot of women over there. I said, isn't that the church? I mean, you want are talking like the church is not almost 70% female. Yes. Yeah. 75% female. So, 25% of the men think God is worthy. And they don't use their gender to avoid answering their call. Oh,
2: wow.
1: Because, wow. see, they got enough theological doctrine to validate them as accepted by God based on their gender. And meanwhile, the flip side of it is that we are established by God because of our gender. You know, God is dealing with that in the church and in the world. I'm gonna tell you right now, brothers, we are taking over, whether you like it or not, and we're not taking over to get rid of you, but we are filling the, the places that you've left empty too long. Now God's idea, which is what I'm working with, some wonderful men, that, uh, that God has blessed me with. But God's ideal is that we just work as a family, brothers and sisters. But his priority is that he has a church because his father said, for the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. So this is, this is just what I know. Men have listened to too many sermons that validated them for doing nothing. So now God is getting ready to do this hard reset, and he's getting ready to kick this thing into another gear. And, and you want to come in on your agenda. And God is about his agenda.
2: Well,
1: so it's kind of a different thing. See, this is thinking like Jesus. Jesus can't go back. See, you you don't have a problem saying, but well, I don't care. I'm going back to, to this big pe- preacher, that big preacher, that big preacher, because that's what they said. Jesus can't go back to his father and say, you know, Dad, I tried. Right. And you know, Dad, it was really hard. I mean, they just didn't like it. Uh-uh. Jesus goes back to his father with winners. He says it over and over again, that the Gentiles, that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable and sanctified. Romans 15, 16 has been my governing standard and criteria for all that I do. What am I giving God? So these men may have talked you into all of this, but what what are they giving God? They're giving no-shows. They're giving dropouts. They're giving, can't finish. They're giving God a whole lot, quick and fast. That's what they're giving God. That's their offering. Because your sermons, your teachings, your doctrines, all are dressing an offering. Hmm. So I'm making an offering. I love it all. I have some wonderful sons in God. I promise you I do. I love them dearly too. And they love me. But the bottom line is, I, our love is wonderful for earth. But when I stand before God, I want you to understand, you better be dressed for the Holy Ghost. Oh my God. Wow. You're going to be dressed with my doctrine, dressed with the teaching criteria program, because that's how you do it. And that, my friends, my family, is what you are missing. You're missing the Holy Ghost factor. You're missing the peace that makes you acceptable to God. You, you, we make you feel good. We get y'all them clap It's night. You go to bed at night, you say, but God, what do you think? how am I to you? And you're trying to get in prayer, and it's a going, 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 because we made you feel good in the flesh, but God said you're not ready in the spirit. Wow. So we have this conflict right now, and here's our conflict. We have a lot of wives that have hurt and followed me. Now, men, historically you know, you got to kind of force them to do it. Now, we got some good ones. But some of them, we've had to for- the wife can't get the husband to listen, and if they listen, they, for- they listen from the ear of their gender. They listen from the ear of their maleness, their masculinity, their perceived masculinity, so they can't hear God. And see, the thing about Jesus Christ, he needs you to hear truth if it comes from a donkey. The Sheath spoke to Balaam. Okay, it was a she-ass, because he, he was nailing it. I think it was really funny that he said, but I want you to hear this, and since you're so hard-hearted hard, hard, and hard-headed, I'm going to make this she-ass talk to you. So now the mother, the wives right now are saying, well, you know, they said we shouldn't leave our husbands. I'm going there. You know I'm going there. If anybody's going to go there, it's going to be Dr. Paula A. Price. Oh, yes, yeah. and so I don't know if I should leave. For my husband, or, or if my husband doesn't leave, um, I don't want to leave my husband. I don't want to leave my wife. If somebody say God doesn't want me to leave my wife, I'm like, I need you to read the Bible. Because Matthew 19 said that. We're going to do it. And I'm going to do a whole other class on it when we'll we give you a scripture. There is not a scripture in the Bible that tells you to make any other God, anyone else, God before God. And so she has them all so we're going we to talk about that a little later so but but in our discussion, we have to say because there's a scripture that i uh, that God used me to use, and I want to share this with you well because you know, I get people to talk to me about my marriage. I don't have a problem talking to you about it. I'm to, I don't have a problem because you know what? I represent Jesus Christ. I'm going to do what Jesus wants. And if Jesus said, like, like Jesus said to um, Abraham, he said, um, put your only son mm-hmm. on the altar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get out your knife because I'm going to kill him. And you know what Abraham said? If you gave me one, you can give me another. That's what Adam didn't say. If you gave me one, you can okay. give me another. Now, Abraham's faith is accounted to righteousness because he took into those outages God's power and God's ability. He said, if you gave me that's what Abraham said. He said, I wasn't even thinking about a kid. But since you gave me one, I'm going to consume. And matter of fact, I'm going to consume Assume that you can give me another. Now, he gave me Ishmael. He said, and then he gave him Isaac. Isaac, his heart, the son of promise, my honey. So I'm gonna tell you right now if y'all out there telling that lie talking about it, it's not God's will, I'm gonna tell you that you are not in the Bible. Because my Bible says this. now Mark says, I'm, i 'cause i I'm wanna give you an opportunity to share your revelation. I think it's know no, it is good. <laughs> when you watch going to watch this Mark said it's right because it's right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because if, Abraham, if Adam had said you gave me one Woo! you can give me another we would not be where we are today but instead he said I know you don't want me to give up my life and because of that all hell broke loose and we're <laughs> all fighting through death he lost creation in the beginning Jesus. because he couldn't think now, the man, the God took him, gave him man a knife First of all, he's living in paradise, gives the man a nap. He just goes to the deep sleep, goes, pulls a piece of the wrist, goes off, and God makes this most spectacular version of Adam. Mm. Now, God brings her to Adam, which means he walks her by the hand to Adam. Wow. And he looks at her, and he understands that she came from him, literally. Yeah. But oh,
0: yeah.
1: so when... When she decides to fall, he becomes the fall guy. She's over there chatting with this serpent, and he's standing with her. He's standing right there, because see, men teach this, and they'll tell you that Adam was standing there getting the same lessons that Eve got
2: how to die,
1: how to sin, how to turn on God. Those were the classes. So here she goes, and so he doesn't believe God can do it again. I said, yeah, yeah, you deserve to be slapped. And all of y'all are said, well, my wife, my husband. I want you to understand that Genesis has already condemned that. <laughs> oh,
2: first
1: I'm touched. So all, that's why you're talking about God wants family first. Where you get that from? You got that from a pagan religion and a devil that wants you out of church because it's not in there. That is not in the 66 books we have, and this thing has been pared down a lot. But so – so here we go. Uh, hmm.
0: this
2: is,
1: this is. Mark eight thirty four, And when he had called the people unto him with his disciples also, he said unto them, whoever will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross, which means denying yourself is going to hurt. It's going to be humiliating. It's going to be painful and agonizing. He said, and follow me in your pain, in your sorrow, in your brokenness. Follow me. He said, if you're gonna come after me, then let him deny himself. And then he said, now this is where it gets good. He said, for whoever will save his life shall lose it, but whoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel. See, a lot of y'all are not coming for Jesus' sake, and you're not coming from the gospel you want to state. If we're not offering you an estate past. If you decide to come to a state, that's fine. But do not tell folk that we tearing up your marriage. See, I got a situation right now where I have to keep saying but your marriage was broke before I met you. Come on wow. here. The reason it's problematic now is because it was always problematic. See, marriages don't go bad on a single issue.
2: That's right.
1: Marriages go bad on, on history. So historically, you and your spouse didn't like each other. Y'all probably woke up the day after the wedding and said, oh my God, what do we do? Oh, we can't get divorced. Everybody knows things were married. Oh, See, a bad marriage can't take Jesus' Christ. Oh mm-hmm. Because he is the creator of marriage. Just like Adam's marriage couldn't take the Lord God. Mm-hmm. in
0: your head at me. Mm-hmm. She said, "Why?" I got it. <laughs> 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 you because our brains are gone. I got the note. Okay.
1: <laughs> I like,
0: we can't
1: even write
0: that one <laughs> no. Damn, Jesus is said, Lord, give me a clock. Oh, my That's God. Right I, something.
1: Something. I want <laughs> you to know, see, because I didn't do this.
0: Come on, General Price. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do this because I didn't do want, uh Matthew
1: 10? Yeah, which one is Ooh. it? Are we talking
0: about Peter saying that, or do you want the Luke
1: 14, with Jesus is saying? No, let's go Matthew 19. Uh, Luke 19? Matthew 19. Matthew 19. 19. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but I want you to have, because, see, if you're going to judge me, you better be scriptural. And not just doctrine,
0: them. <laughs> right here. Because you're judging Has me.
1: You're judging me on doctrine. If you judge me. Now, Jesus does Matthew 19 after he talks about how he never wanted marriage to be a son and all of that. But he said, oh, yes. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. But this man. Okay. Here we go. Matthew 19. Let's start with Peter. Uh, uh, Matthew nineteen twenty seven. Then Peter, then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have? So those apostles forsook everything and followed him. So they had a lot of left behind and a lot of leave behind. So you, you, you all bought this doctrine, and some of you all, you missed your ministry moment. You didn't answer your call to God. You listened to some pastor who was, filled, was, was preaching doctrine out of somebody's book he read or she read and not the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I'm giving you the gospel. And it said, he said, we forsook all. What shall we, what, what shall we have? And Jesus said unto him, barely, barely, I say unto you that ye which have followed me, which have followed me, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, you shall also sit upon 12 thrones, judging the tri- 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone that has forsaken, listen, listen in. Everyone that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife and children or land. And then he said, why? For my name's sake. Shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit eternal, uh, everlasting life. God replaces spouses. My Jesus.
2: That's the truth. And
1: there are others, but, but the, point yeah. that I'm, the point that I'm saying, which is this is all goes to the point of our discussion, and that is, um, she now is saying, If you're a wife, if you decide to leave, you want to leave because your husband doesn't want to come, that is you and Jesus. But you better make sure it's for Jesus. Oh, amen. Not because you want to escape an unhappy marriage. Oh, wow. Okay? You better make sure it's for Jesus and that when you get here, you better make sure that you're busy with the gospel.
2: Because
1: this this, this is is biblical. You know, we, they talk about, well, the, you know, the Bible says, I, I love it when they get these half pieces, these excerpts, excerpts of four points. Mm-hmm. Well, a woman, a wife is not to leave her husband. I said, that's not what it said. First Corinthians says, a wife is not to leave her husband, but if she leaves her husband, she must remain unmarried. Now, mm-hmm. the only, it says it, says it. I, 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 I studied this because I wasn't walking out on my life for a God that I love dearly, to be in sin.
2: Well, so
1: that's not what I'm
2: mm-hmm. doing.
1: I'm, I'm here for Jesus Christ. That is my honey. I have a wonderful husband who loves the Lord. What we consider me on ambassadorial assignment, military assignment, because they do it all the time. But when you do it for Jesus Christ, you're in yeah. sin. Man. And you can do it for Satan, and you're celebrated. In your nation. You can do it for your government, you can do it for your army and you're celebrated. And they don't even trust me, they ain't even trying to forgive you. Nothing like that. So I'm going to tell you this Bible says the only reason that a woman can leave her husband and be remarried or leave their, is if her husband's an abuser, if her husband, it said Moses, for the hardness of your heart, suffered you to have a divorce. But from the beginning, it wasn't so. Hardness of heart means that man was an abuser. And a lot of times, you pastors have taught these women into staying into abusive marriages. You've gotten some of them killed. Their blood is on your hands. Because you taught them into staying, not in a marriage, but into staying in a violent situation. You literally told them to surrender their lives for marriage, the marriage as your doctrine teaches it. My God. You got Now, the only other time is if the unbeliever departs, then let them depart, and you are not under judgment or under bondage in those cases, which means you can remarry. You can get a divorce, and you can remarry.
2: Hmm.
1: So I've given you all of the marriage scenarios. I have no intention of doing anything but serving the Lord Jesus Christ. You can ask people for far and wide, and my people will tell you I serve Jesus 24-7. Yes, I came here to do what he said, to build him an apostolate, to establish um, Price University. I know very clearly what I'm doing, and I never put it down. And I raised up these to never put it down. So you're going to send this to everybody under the sun because I'm going to tell you right now that we need to fix this. Marriage is not ministry, and it has no place in ministry, and ministry is not marriage. It has no place in that marriage unless God ordained the two together. Now, I do believe that there are some couples, I've met couples that are phenomenal. I look at them and I say, wow, God, if I didn't meet them, I wouldn't think it ever worked. (laughs) Because there are some couples that are doing amazing I mean, spouses that love each other, they have defined the roles, et cetera, on and on and on. That works. And then I've seen spouses where only one is called and the other is happy with that, just leave me alone. And you know why I say that's right? Because you, go to, you work in two different jobs. You don't try to run each other's jobs with your marriage. And you don't run your marriage through your jobs. We're going to break that in the body of Christ. We're going to kill that. Because you said, well, we did it so that people would, would folks would, you know, want to be married. I said, well, it's not working because folks are more divorced than they are married. Oh yeah. So, Chief, share your issue. You
0: got time? Oh, I do. Okay. Well, I, you kind of laid the foundation for it. We were talking about the issue and how to address the issue with people, you know, uh, wanting to come home or, you know, dealing with one spouse wanting one a different, you know, ministerial pursuit versus the other, and how to handle that. Um, and dealing with the issue of, you know, the separation. Mm-hmm. And I was asked, you know, well, what do I say to this person who's saying, but the Bible says I need to do this or that or submit or et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I told Dr. Price, I said, I realized because I had been studying this, because anyone who knows me knows I, I read the gospel secretly. Um, and so I can pretty much tell you based on what Jesus says about a lot of things <laughs> in the gospel. And, 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 and coming across every time I read it, Jesus' uh, understanding of family. And um, what his whole attitude and approach was about family, and it was very, very different. I said, God, you really don't have any positive, really positive things to say about the family situation until you get to hear when he talks about he's not really a fan of divorce um, and that classic sense. And then after that, where she'd say, hey, go be a eunuch, and then them, them nearly passed out, and he'd say, Listen, you know, okay. I, know. So, so, but I guess like this is a hard thing, all right. And them struggling with it, so I'm like, man, this is a very interesting thing. And so I realized when you compare what Jesus says in the Gospel and the wisdom that uh, Paul brings up in Corinthians that uh, about family, they're all, they almost seem like they're contradictory to two different things until you realize they're dealing with two different topics, mm-hmm. two different subject matter. And so sharing with Dr. Price how I recognize that there are two different protocols in Scripture regarding family, and that all of Jesus's protocols in the Gospel. And his attitude about family and relationship to him, discipleship and all of that, had to do with kingdom service and how you need to conduct yourself in the service of the king and how your family protocols are going to be very different if you're going to be in full-time kingdom service versus Paul's treatment of family in everyday citizenry. And he even breaks out. Taking Jesus too, he even breaks out. And, and Corinthians 7, okay, if you're going to be an unmarried virgin working for the Lord, an unmarried virgin who's burning and need to get married, okay, it's that kind of thing. So he breaks out, okay, because he, he says even Paul <laughs> okay. takes Jesus with him and says, hey, if you're going to do full-time ministry and kingdom service, I recommend you don't do it. You don't get married at all. You mm-hmm. can do it and stay chaste and not be on fire and doing other things. If it's going to lead you into sin and fornication, that's not something that you need to do. But if you're going to be in full-time service, recognize that it can be done. But Paul says it will be very difficult trying to balance both duties and responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Because you have a duty to, your, to the king and kingdom service. You have a responsibility to your family. So I was telling her, I recognize that when you're talking about people, that God separating homes and marriages, and he said it a couple of times. Yeah. Not just once. There's not just one alliteration. There's a lot of allusions to it. So uh, he, when, you, when you talk about him, uh, you know, separating homes and families, he does so for kingdom service and lets you know that it will happen. He says, this man said, I didn't come to bring peace for the sort of division and for this reason.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's going to be separations in the family. Then he turns around and says, if you're going to be my disciple, you have to be ready to walk away from, boom, boom, the boom, boom, boom. And then, of course, you just read in Matthew 19 that there's a reward for everybody who forsook those things for kingdom service who chose to put first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and the gospel mm-hmm. and just said, God, you know, add these things, whether he adds them on this side or adds them on that side, but that there's a separation from it. And so when we're, we're giving advice about family and all of that, we have to ask a very crucial, uh, crucial question, and that crucial question is, are they in service to God? Yeah. Because if they're in service to God, like you're in service to the military or any other mm-hmm. other civil area, mm-hmm. okay, in life, you have to sit down and talk with your family and have hard conversations. We just read a horrible uh, story about the young kid who decides to go on a missions trip, an ORU student, okay, to preach the gospel to some unknown tribe known to be hostile in I forget which island. Do you remember what island it was? Some island off the coast or something, huh? Uh, Down by India in that area okay what happens to the kid he steps foot on the island doesn't even get a chance to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and his life is taken it's gone Mm -hmm. he's wiped out okay and of course uh, all his family and friends and all that are of course you know mourning because he became a martyr uh, for the gospel and you know in that case so I told Dr. Price he said even when we're talking about kingdom service we always just look at it as well husband and wives disagreeing being the reason that's going to be separation but you could also lose your life for this thing. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're talking about Peter uh, and and John and James. You're talking about, hello, persecution. Their lives were on the line. Mm -hmm. John was separated from his family for how long being, okay, exiled on Patmos. So when Mm -hmm. God says you have to be ready to forsake those things, it's not just talking about I want to tear up your home, but hey, if you say, yes, it's a distinct possibility. That if you go where the gospel takes you, you may not come back home exactly. And your family needs to be okay with okay. the fact that you yeah. may not go back home like the military because you're in service to the king. And I know we don't have to think that way as Americans yet because our persecution we feel like hasn't gone that far or the sacrificial, you know, responsibilities for the gospel haven't been that demanding mm-hmm. because of the, you know, the, the glory, the grace that's been shed on us. Oh, yeah. But the reality is we do need to start having real conversations and treating this position as you pointed out mm-hmm. before under the definition of the turgos uh, that this is a public office and it belongs to the public, the public and you're
1: sacrificing your personal life and your personal comfort for a public duty. For God's public. See, God has a public. And that's what we don't. We've taught you church ministry. You've been We've been so ecclesial, forget that, we haven't even been ecclesial, we've been so congregational, mm. you never realized that God has a public. And he's staffing his Ministry yeah. for the public use. And so, you're, you're, you're all this public display, display of marriage, this all of this kissing and hugging in the forefront, licking, and carrying on, that's private devotion. And you are violating public protocol. Well, devotion. I was like, <laughs> oh Okay. okay. <laughs> I said, but. All of this here, we have to hear about your home life. We got to hear about your sex life. We got to hear about dinner. We got to hear about your fights. We don't care, and it is out of order. Why? And that is the word of the Lord. You are out of order. Your private life, you got a home. You got keys to a place. We got hotels, brothels. You got your car in the parking lot. You can take care of all of that yes. privately. Yes. All
2: that.
1: <laughs> i
0: am just put it on a parking lot, not recommended. <laughs> in elevator
1: definitely. But you're out of order. And you're teaching people how to act like pagans in God's presence. Because pagans do that. Pagans have to prove themselves through fertility, through sexuality, wow. because that's their deity. So you are standing up there, and then I wouldn't want to show you about how much I love my wife. If you don't, let me tell you something. We got actors that can look like they love your wife, so that public display doesn't get the point across. Mm-hmm. And they've got a warp for making people look like they can go home and their own marriages are falling apart. So let's I deal with that. But that's a pagan ritual. And so you're standing up there and you're stroking each other's back. We're sitting in praise and worship and the man is fondling his wife. That's pagan. And that's a fertility offering. And it doesn't belong in Jesus Christ's church. And see, I know we got folks that say, well, you know what? I just think that's harsh. No. Looking at you fondling your wife Somebody looking at you following your wife, and they're a teenager, they're a kid, they're adolescents, they just divorced, they just did something, and they got to watch you when they came to church to get healed by Jesus. No, that's faithful. Come
0: on, here.
1: That is hateful. You're so into yourself, you are not even into Christ. But even if you aren't into Christ, you're not even aware of all the souls you're wounding and all of the lives that you're dis- destabilizing while you have your 30 minutes and you just had all night long. You should have been able to finish. You don't need, we don't need you to save it and finish it for church. No, because we have to I counsel people who said that. You know, We just want to express our love before God. If he's on mission, he was with you last night. That's it. He did not need a whole other show. He wants to be the oh, center God. of attention when you God. come to... <laughs>
0: Thank you. you again. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. will be right back
1: after this. He wants oh. to be the center of attention. He does not want to commit with your, your, your um, sexual love. He's not trying to do that. He's trying to show you the, the yes. love of Christ, the yes. pure love of Christ, sincere love, and he's trying to let the people around feel safe. They don't feel safe in churches that promote that because what they feel is if God loves you and God cares about your loneliness yes. more than he cares about theirs. That's a horrible practice, and I know it came from the devil. I don't care what you say. And I need you to show me in the Bible, because what I was looking in the Bible is God was saying, uh, uh, that in Thessalonians, you shall not possess your vessel like the Gentiles do. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you can read that, but I did. I read this little book over here. This is a nice little book. But it said that it said you should, and, uh, it, and it talks about an unholiness and an, an, an impurity. That means public display of affection. That's scripture. Why? Not because God has a problem with your affection. He wants you to be affectionate. He said, "Don't defraud each other." But what He does have a problem with is you making all of those around you uncomfortable by it. Nobody would do that for somebody that caught in the grip of carnality or an unclean spirit. So we got time. Did you want to say something? Because we're gonna wow. go over today, and it's
2: all right. Do I have a no little fun? Look at that Look at She's like,
1: why?
0: Just why? What, what can I say? Um, wow, well, I think the addressing this very damaging belief system and doctrine about marriage and family is long overdue, mm. and um, and hitting it like you said scripturally and not even just personally. Mm-hmm. I mean, the older we get, I, I just want to every time somebody starts asking me about, so are you going to get married? Are you going to have kids? Are you going to do whatever? First of all, that's none your business. Thank you. Which I'm happy to say. Yes. And <laughs> move on with the conversation because that has absolutely nothing to do with why I was born mm-hmm. and what I'm here to do and why I'm visiting you and why we're here. And so uh, to see the damage that is done to so many people's lives because of this doctrine.
1: We mm-hmm. all know people who have been married multiple times. And you still telling me it's a great institution. Y'all can't even get it together in your own thing. Right.
0: Well, you know, and this, that, and the other, and so on and so forth, and just the damage, the damage, the damage is just ricocheting all over the place. People who, like you said, bypassed the right person, mm-hmm. especially if they're in ministry because they're not the perfect mold. No. To be first lady, to be church wife, to be... Whatever, because that's just not the calling on their life. But even when you were talking about uh, Jesus, we talked about so many things today. But even when well, you were talking could
1: probably about get five out of. Uh, <laughs>
0: probably show. But when you were talking about Jesus and when he went to hell and everything, I was thinking how there was so much life in his dead corpse. You're mm-hmm. talking about Rick and yes. Rose. In his dead corpse, that it didn't break down. The body doesn't take that long to break down Mm-mm. once it's dead. Three days. And you're done now. I mean, you've uh, bloated, blown up. All kinds of things mm-hmm. happen in a three-day span of time. And, um, and you're not in the morgue. You're not in the refrigerator. Mm-mm. You're not in any of those things. And I was just thinking how there was so much life in his body, mm. which we know by the fat in the mud and healed somebody. So know. But to think that even just the residual effects mm. of who he was preserved his flesh while he was departed. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, he came back to something that was not corrupt.
1: No. Yeah. That's awesome. But you want to come on. Because you know Sunday, now don't miss Sunday school this week. Because she's right. already told you where we're going.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think that the statement that you made about the invisible shifting and that, you know, change is not visible, obviously, until yeah. I want to go back. I'll, I want to actually read the quote, but I thought it was really powerful, and I think that we'll talk about that a little bit. And Sunday school this weekend, um, change is invisible before it's obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that God's changes are already happening, that by the time that we're aware of them, mm-hmm. We we're were no longer in control of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I thought that was powerful because you know, you've you been talking a lot about the hard reset being about the sovereignty of God, which means that he's sovereignly making decisions behind the scenes that mm-hmm. we will have to live with. Um, yet the, the common belief now in church is that we kind of pull strings on God. Yeah. You know, that we're pulling his strings. So I think that that's really powerful. You talked about the invisible shifting of the codes of life that are altering our obvious. Mm-hmm. And um, that's just uh, something I, I think is huge in, in terms of the reset because you know people are thinking what does that mean mm-hmm. and what is God doing he's shifting the way we're going to live the mm-hmm. shifting the way we're going to deal with him and interact with him and we don't get a choice about that no, that no. is happening mm-hmm. you know so I, I love that you talked about that today um, as well as um, uh, you talked you said this you kind of said this in passing to another statement God shifted the future already and what we think is going to happen is not hmm yeah. And that's powerful because it's, it's about, you know, we've been saying this a lot in Sunday school, like he was not here to hear. Mm-hmm. So it's understanding that we have to be in with God right now mm-hmm. in this tree because everything that we have known and believed about how God is working with people, we, we're, it's changing. It's gone. It's gone. it's changing And it's already changed. in your friends, look at the people
1: who passed out of life. He yeah. shifted the future by taking this person out of place. Wow. Yep. He took this person off the planet. Yeah. He moved this person away from you. You move the company that you can't follow. See, God does that yeah. all the time, and yet we we keep talking this 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 pagan, this unclean, this this imaginary rhetoric that's not measuring up to real life.
2: Yeah. You
1: know, nobody wanted half of these people that, that we saw leaving. You know, why did God do this or that? Because God has a future that's burrowing down on us. The future is pushing in on the now right now. and it's not just pushing in um, autonomically or, 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 or automatically. It's pushing in because God has flooded the angels, with flooded the planet with new angels who have the future packets on their clipboard. And they're not going to fail him. Right. See, we might say, yeah, well, you know, I thought it was God. The angels don't want to go, I thought that was the most common. Yes. No, they're like, like I do with my team. Come on, let's, let's get it done right now. I'm pushing you right now for a future I see,
2: right. and
1: a future I must enter. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, nobody's a great example as you all at the event. Everybody's trying to go, do, do. no, no, no. Come on, move that over here right now. Come on, get that. What is that? That's a hard reset. It's pushing in the future, uh, and it's pu- the future is literally pushing through your presence and pushing through the presence you haven't arrived at. So God, that's what I mean, all of this other stuff that we see about when you teach about teeth with the, the the CRISPRs and the, the twenty fifty and all of that, they are they have already mapped out a future that is fulfilling their will. And God is getting ready to plow through that future to have his way. Because his will is encoded in all creation. So we're in that heart reset. So what do you want to do with the heart reset? Where do you want to be? Well, you want to be part of the initiative and not the casualty. Because a lot of times, because people, you don't like the vessel. I just don't think it should be Paula Price. I think that it shouldn't be all women. I think it shouldn't be all black women. I think it shouldn't be all white women. I think it shouldn't be all white men. I think it should not be us at all. I think it shouldn't be America. Nobody cares because the codes are activated and they're in play. And these angels, and the spiritual protocratic, these angels, are already, that's the invisible side, they're already building. Oh, help me God. They're already erecting the future. And, and, and they're, they're already programming, and they're already moving the, the institutions. In our class, when I teach apostles, I teach what apostles really do. And all of that unseen stuff is what we keep talking See, when, that, when, when, when Satan took over the prophets and he shut down the church, he shut down the manufacturing system of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Love the 2 minutes. Because God talks everything he wants into formation. He said, it's not my word like a hammer. It breaks the rocks to pieces. When we started doing Greco-Roman prophecies and we started following all of those other things that neutralized the the prophetic word of God, we stopped producing. Oh, but we're going to change that. Did you want to have something?
0: Because you had your part. I, I I don't know if I have... Wow, they took a lot of the great things from just today's section. I'm glad that, you know, we have a show where issues can be addressed Mm -hmm. and confronted, uh, where uh, people can get answers to a lot of fine-point things. A lot of the subject matter that was touched today are things that we try to avoid and sidestep at at the church because of the fear of being offensive to people or people being upset or perhaps just even just dis- disagreeing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it, uh, it leaves them at a loss when they're going through various situations and trials in their life and they can't count on the ministers of God to give them wisdom, to make but, distinctions, uh, yeah. you know what I mean, and to be able to answer uh, those questions uh, in those, those, those basic ways and to get the understanding from a biblical foundation and get the scripture logic that goes mm-hmm. with it, yeah. um, and not just the scripture quoting, mm-hmm. because a lot of people, in fact, you know, would initiate it even our, um, you know, uh, I say that version, but it really is part of the scripture. agenda, mm-hmm. but the discussion we had even about family, it came from scripture quoting, mm-hmm. and not scripture logic, mm-hmm. yeah. and so the, the intent today with all of it, I think even if you were just separating the, the new creation and, and dealing with Jesus Christ, distinguishing uh, Jesus Christ, the organic Christ, Jesus of Nazareth, from the false Christ that are mm-hmm. there, uh, from there all the way to the discussion about family, I think that it literally gives people the logic that they can use to, to make the um, distinction and uh, uh, give answers and judgments. But you can't make judgment if you can't distinguish between the two things that you're, no, you're judging too. between about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think we gave uh, a lot of distinction today, a lot of good uh, uh, foundation for quality judgment, because yeah. a lot of people are just living out a doctrine mm-hmm. uh, because it's what they've been told, it's what they've seen, and, and have no uh, recourse, mm-hmm. you know, for handling their, their day-to-day. Mm-hmm. And that's what I like about the Paul Bright Show, you know, having it, you know, answers for your day-to-day.
1: Well, I appreciate that, and, and I thank you. First of all, I like my team. You're going to see my team a lot because we are growing, and we're getting larger as, as an audience. I'm getting larger in terms of my presence in the world. and So we're going to need my team, and I don't want you to ever feel like you are, are um, receiving less of what you're tuning in for. So a couple of things we want to do. I want to thank you for joining us, and I want to tell you if you want to sow a seed to this broadcast, And we need your seeds. We're trying to get cameras. We need to get lights. We're trying to redo our our set. We're resuming our recording in January. So we need your seeds to continue to get this out. We still are trying to raise a broadcast kitty, uh, you know, where we can start placing the qualified show or uh, taking it on wherever. So if you want to get seed, then uh, uh, Apostle Ashley and Prophet Isaiah will tell you how. But before I let them do that, I need you to do me a gigantic favor, too. Number one, I want those of you who don't like me on Facebook, please like me. I'm trying to get 20000 Would you do that, please?
0: Oh, who's not like, like your
1: page? Who's not like my Facebook page? Mm-hmm. I want you to go in and be a liker, follow. Not just a, you know, not just a poster. Would want you be a liker so you can like me so that I can get my numbers. I want to get them where they need to be. That's the first thing. But even more importantly, I want you to share this with everyone. If you're a pastor, uh, when I make statements about pastors and things like that, I need you to understand I'm talking about what was inherited, what was handed down. I'm not, I'm not speaking to malicious or malice, rather, or, or um, uh, you know, error. I'm speaking to the fact that what has been handed down has produced a situation today that God wants to fix. So please, don't get it out there. She just... She's hard on past. I'm a pastor. I started out as a pastor. And to be honest with you, I entered ministry in a lot of things, And God made me live it and explore it and evaluate it and experiment with it over and over and over again until we got to where we are right now. So, again, please share. Share, share, and share, share. And then after you share, share some more. And then, um, and if you want to sow a seed, you can do so. Before I give it to them, I feel led to pray for you right now. Um, you've got a lot. We, we've unloaded a lot on you today. But, and it's, but, it's, but you know not money, you're only getting once a week. So you've got six days to process it. Yeah. You to process it. But I want to pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I praise you. God, I praise you for your son, his courage his boldness. We never think of his incarnation as courage and boldness because we're too busy looking at the cross and not behind it. And so, God, I thank you that we have a bold Savior. We have a courageous Savior. He truly is the lion of the jungles of all creation. He is truly the lion of all pride. And I thank you for Jesus Christ. I thank you for his boldness. I thank you for his love and conviction. I thank you, God, that he didn't give up on us even when it was horrible— this horrible night, he—I mean, with nothing, uh, Lord, Lord, I thank you for a Savior that would even have the power to make himself a sperm to reproduce himself in another species and in another planet. God, we—we we have a good Savior. He's an awesome God, and so I thank you for him. I thank you that He remembered us when He rose from the dead, and He remembered us when He sent the Holy Ghost to the planet on Pentecost, that we could be born again in him. We didn't have to go through the fires that he went through, but we could be born again in him. So I thank you for that. I thank you for the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, born of a virgin, who Micah says coming and goings have been from of old. I thank you for that Jesus. God, and I thank you that that Jesus is about to expose and eradicate every other imposter that's standing in his way. I thank you that our Jesus is the Lion of Judah. He is the Lamb of God. He is David eternal. He's the king upon the throne. He's our savior and our salvation, author and finisher of our faith. And God, I thank you that we're going to get into his faith. And we're going to get into the faith he offered for us in Jesus' name. I speak to every one of you out there. And I said, everyone who has sown seeds, everyone who's sowing seeds today, I command a harvest. I move the barriers in your way. I move the obstructions in your way. I move the blinders off your eyes that you can see vision. I move the, the hindrances that are holding you back so you can't progress. I bless the businesses. Yes. I birth your business and I bless it in the name of Jesus. I, I command the spirits of prosperity yes. and flourishment to overtake your work. I take the sluggishness off of you that Satan has used. I yes. command the yes. of mind to loose you and let you go. I command the walls that, that cause people not to see you to fall flat like Jericho, that you can win favor. I pronounce favor at your feet. I pronounce God's favor, new creation favor, offspring of the Godhead, favor on you today. You will succeed. I command you who are being evicted to win favor. You will yes. not be homeless. That will not be. That is not the will of God concerning you. I Right now, I put a moratorium on a layoff of God's people. My Satan God. has been trying to lay you off and trying to fire you because he doesn't want you in his place and he wants his children in yours. I taught that. I put a moratorium on that deception and delusion in Jesus' name. I command the warfare that's stalking your children. That little kid that's being bullied at school, I erase that bullying spirit off of this kid, and I give this kid courage. I command that bully to be delivered. I speak to the devil and that bully, and I say, loose him and let him go. And I remand that thing to the abyss. Of hell in jesus name and god i thank you i hope this divorce rampage you all will talk it out you will sit it out you will pray it out you will fast it out but you will stop obeying satan's laws on marriage you will not do it and i thank you god that you send forth the spirit of reconciliation and peace and rekindle love i by the power of the anointing in me I send forth an issue, a rekindling of your love for each other. I call affection to come back yes. into your marriage. I command the devil that's station in your bedroom to be remanded to the abyss. You will live and you will grow together and grow old together. And if you're elderly, I say to you, you will not divorce. You're going to have a visitation of the Lord. Amen. And he's going to tell you why he needs you to stay uh-huh. together. I speak that into existence and I command the delusional spirit of the prophets, even these young ones. I come against the spirit of divination. Uh You spirit of psychism. I right now silence you. I sit you down in Jesus' name and I gag you by the Holy Ghost. God, all spirits of divination, I remand them to the abyss. I put them under Holy Ghost arrest Mm -hmm. right now. (laughs) Yes. And you will pave the way for the true prophets and the true apostles of the living God. That will happen. That will happen. And lastly, I do usher into your homes the peace of God, the joy of God, and the prosperity of the Almighty. Your finances will change because God is about to shake the earth and reassess and reapportion the finances of the world, and I don't mean for darkness. The Lord has sent far too many angels and far too many of his citizens into this planet for his people to be taken out. Mm. That is not happening. Trust the word of the Lord. Believe, hallelujah, believe the Lord your God, and so will you be established, and believe his prophets. You will prosper. I know this to be so. Play this prayer for everybody you know it. Play it over and over again. Listen to it every day. Talk this prayer. And I'll tell you the truth. You will manufacture its embodiment in your life and in your world. Thus says the Holy Ghost. All right, Sita.
0: All right. Guys, we can receive your seeds today a couple different ways. If you're a Cash App user, you can uh, look up her handle at the dollar sign Dr. Paul Price. That's her Cash App handle. PayPal.me/Dr.Paul.Price as well, and you can give a seed there. Or you can show online at DrPaulaAPrice.com. If you want to do text to give, you can show as well. nine one eight six zero eight one three seven eight So a lot of ways to give. Cash App users just use her handle, Dr. Paul Price with the dollar sign. PayPal, Dr. Paula Price, paypal.me, and then, of course, you can show online or using the text to give, 918-608-1378. All hey,
1: right, see you Sunday at the Congregation of the Mighty, where God stands, 8.30. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. In one week, I'm going to get it right. I'm <laughs> probably going to let her say it herself. so. We have church in round number. Okay. It's, well, thank On you. Sunday. And then uh, at 10 o'clock service with me. Don't miss it. Invite people to join it. And if you're not a member of the Congregation of the Mighty online, hey, go to what? Where are we going? To? They can go to the come
0: home okay. and they can sign up there or you can download our app as well off of any one of them, uh, at Google Play or uh, the App Store. So that's uh, ComeHomeEmbassy.com.
1: Or download the app. Now, you should download the app because, you know, you want to keep up with us and you want to stay in touch. Love you. Have a great weekend. God bless. Bye, family.